This episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast is sponsored by Hell Yes Life Adventures. Hell Yes Lifers, I wanted to let you know about one of my biggest Hell Yeses of the year. This October, in collaboration with Chase Beringer of the Bucket List Lifestyle, I am hosting a six-night, seven-day Hell Yes Life adventure retreat for entrepreneurs in Tulum, Mexico. The trip will include visits to Mayan temples, snorkeling with sea turtles, yoga and meditation, transformative personal and professional development work, and the opportunity to connect with other amazing, world-changing, hell yes entrepreneurs while staying in a luxurious beachside villa. There are a limited number of slots available and it's being offered at an incredibly reasonable price. So if you're interested in learning more, please visit hellyeslife.com forward slash retreat. That's hellyeslife.com forward slash retreat. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. Welcome to another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. My name is Norman Bell. I am your host. And today I am super excited. I have as my guest, Dr. Drayvon James. And let let me tell you just a little bit about Drayvon. Uh, Drayvon is the founder of Everyday Peace and the author of Freedom is Your Birthright. As a motivational speaker, Drayvon's goal is to educate, empower, and inspire others to build the life of their dreams no matter what shows up in their lives, good, bad, or otherwise. Drayvon is uh, the happy mother of two teenagers, a wife of 23 years, a successful pharmacist, motivational speaker, author, and an actress whose career credits include a recurring role on HBO's acclaimed The Wire, many stage plays, and independent films. Uh, Dr. Drayvon, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Hell Yes Life podcast. Uh, Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, I, we're going to get into everything that we just talked about, and I, um, I'm really excited to talk about this, this topic of everyday peace and how we can achieve that. That's definitely a theme that's up for me. But I always like to start off by asking my guests, uh, what is your hell yes? What is that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? Oh, my gosh. I, I have to say hell yes now matters. <laughs> hell yes <laughs> now matters. Now, that's what, right. do, what do you mean by that? Because we spend so much of our time, and I'm Tiff, and I say us, I'm talking about me, living for tomorrow, putting off, you know, whatever, the happiness, the joy, so the sacrifices for tomorrow, right? And we're always in this other time that does not exist. You know, tomorrow never gets here. You're always in the now. So yes, today matters. This moment matters. How you treat yourself in this moment, Mm -hmm. how you treat others in this moment 
matters so very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hell yes to the now. Hell yes yeah. for being present, being here. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big. Um, I don't know if you know Eckhart Tolle. Uh, the the power oh, of now. The power uh, of now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, you know. I mean, let, we can get into this. I mean, as a matter yeah. of fact, the past yes. and future don't actually even exist. They're all there really yeah. is is the now, right? So we can all get more into is. that. When did you realize that this was your hell yes? Um, is, yeah, is you know, I always realized that I always knew it, I think, on a, on a level. I started studying what I now call peace at the age of 17. And I had this thought that I was living in the now until, until 2015 when I got a big jolt in my life mm-hmm. and realized that, no, are you kidding me? I have not. I had created a tomorrow and labeled it the now, right? Mm. And so that's really interesting to to be that asleep, maybe. But um, I've been doing the work and the practices. But in 2015, I had a collapse, uh, uh, or maybe a, let's call it a rebirth of my world as I know it. After 20 years of marriage, I realized that my marriage had a huge crack in it. So that all that stability that I thought was there was gone. And then I had um, a health issue, got diagnosed with autoimmune disease. I had attacked my health and then I lost my job. So all in the same period of time, right? And so I always viewed life as this triangular model, you know, this really sturdy triangle, all sides balance, health, wealth, and relationship. And in 2015, my triangle sort of folded inward. And it really caused me to really really start going into my practices of everyday peace and looking like where, where was I, how was I not paying attention to certain things? Cause I had let my health go on for so long and overlooked uh, little signs and symptoms for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I only got clued in like maybe the last two years that, Oh my gosh, this isn't normal. Something's going on and started pursuing and trying to figure out what's going on. But, and I realized that I had created the space in my mind that was really tomorrow. And I had labeled it today. I had labeled it the now. Hmm. So really interesting. Complex, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'll bet there's a lot of people I know that I can identify with this, uh, this sort of crisis as opportunity uh, moment in, in your life. Um, listeners to the, the to uh, the Hell Yes Life podcast will know that, um, you know, me and my family have, or I mean, I should say my, my wife, my wife was, was diagnosed with, with breast cancer in uh, 2017 and we went through a whole journey. I'm happy to say we're on the other side of that. And she oh, just, congratulations. A, a check checkup and everything is is looking great, but you know it certainly um, was one of those moments that that makes you take stock of your life. Uh, so, and I, I'll bet there's plenty of our listeners that that can relate. Um, okay, so well, what uh, so what did you what what did you find coming up out of this? You said that you had realized. Can you explain that a little bit more? What you meant? Yeah. By, like you thought you were in the now, but it was actually the future that you had right. kind of labeled the now. What does that mean? Exactly. Because he, and because I do this work for, this is my life's work. I love studying peace. I love teaching about peace. And I, you know, somewhere in my mind, I, there was a phrase that I used to hear and I want to get it right. Sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow, something of that nature. Right. Mm. And I got into that space very early on that, you know, you, you sacrifice, you know, your happiness now, but the long-term gain on the back end is going to be so wonderful. But the danger of living in that space, if you're really, really, um, maybe I'm type A, I don't know, <laughs> but I, you know, I really can get into a project and just got into several projects and realize that 
I was in a constant state of sacrificial living, right? Sacrificing my happiness, sacrificing my needs for the sake of this uh, greater good, if you will. The yeah. greater good of, you know, I, I practice, I'm a pharmacist. I've been a pharmacist for 30 years and healthcare is a demanding profession. And just for the good of that, for the good of the healthcare, for, good, for the good of everyday peace, my organization. And really had been living for what this organization could do, what healthcare could do, what I could do with acting and not being present in the moment. And here's how, here's how crazy it got because I, I would sit down every day and write out what I was grateful for in that moment. And that was my attraction to the moment right then and there. But then I'd go off and say, my body would say, oh, you need rest. And now you need it now. And I'd push that off to, to later. Oh, this needs attention now. Well, if it didn't be, feed into the overall goal, I put that off to later. It was always the postponement of the now to take care of what I thought were going to be this futuristic goals and that nature. And I learned from this upset in my triangle in 2015 to be present in the now mm -hmm. right not mm -hmm. just aware of it but to totally be present and i'm a person who, i love nature it had been so long since i just stopped and took time to be in nature and walk barefoot in the grass and that kind of stuff and just really have all of my senses all of myself engaged in this moment it feels good to have this conversation and to be right here Mm -hmm. Like nothing, you know, right here and nothing else exists except for you and I in this conversation. It's beautiful to live in the now. And that's why my hell yes is now matters. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I'll bet there's plenty of people listening here that are hooked into this that are like, yeah, I, I, I spend too much time in my head. Or maybe they're, maybe they're already along, the, you know, uh, their personal development journey. Maybe they meditate um, and, and do things to cultivate uh, their presence and uh, in the now. Um, but uh, what, um, what, what, what can we unpack here a little bit? We can talk a little bit about your, you know, this, this idea of everyday peace. Um, I saw on your website, there are some, your four stepping stones to achieving peace. So we could go there. You take the lead though. Where, where, where should we go to I talk really about being more present? Talk about peace because the definition that I use for peace, and I know a lot of times when you think about peace, at least I did when I was 17 and started exploring this topic, was I thought, well, peace meant the absence of problems, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not necessarily as I've evolved and realized that peace is wholeness, it's completeness, nothing mm -hmm. missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, when we think of a life that has that in it, we realize that it includes those moments that we may say, oh my gosh, I don't want to have stress. I don't want to have certain things show up in my life. But this is whole. This is complete. It's in those valley moments. I just talked about my 2015, the collapse of my triangle. And in those moments there that we are building other parts of ourselves. It's so necessary to have the entire life experience everything is useful in this journey called life mm -hmm. everything is right and there are certain things that we can prevent you know we we save money so that you know we don't overspend we don't want anything to happen with our finances but we can't entirely prevent the unwanted from happening you mentioned you know but your your wife and cancer and i mentioned earlier about myself and having autoimmune disorder and you know none of these things you know if we had our choice, we'd say, nope, 
I'm not taking that challenge. I'll pass. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but we find when we get on the other side of it, I love that term, you know, get on the other side of it. I mentioned that in, in a book, in my book, Freedom is Your Birthright. I used to tell a, a friend of mine when I was having a problem, I was saying, oh my gosh, you know, this is going on in my life. And she would say, well, you know, as I'm going through this, just keep on going. When you get to the other side, you're going to shine like new money. And mm -hmm. that is so true. When you get to the other side, no, you still wish you hadn't had to go through that, but you realize, wow, iron really does sharpen iron. I, I choose to, to, to learn this, to take this along with me for the continuing part of my journey in life and that that you learn and that you grow from makes you a better person but it enhances your relationships with others and in turn we enhances their relationship with others and you realize that we're all just one anothering each other and we need all of our experiences to do that that's wholeness that's peace Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So t tell me about what in your particular circumstance, when you came out the other side of your, your situation in 2015, what did, how, how did you find yourself different? What lessons did you learn? How were you um, interacting with people differently? Yes. So the main thing in everyone's journey is different. So for me, what the thing that I got from my journey, from my journey of peace is to really go within more often. Now, I was meditating and I, you know, was spending time alone, but in that time alone, I was, I learned that I was living more in my head, right? In my mind and letting that part of my body, that part of my being abuse me, sort of constantly, constantly thinking. So what I learned is to listen, to become a, a real listener of myself mm -hmm. all day long, not just when I'm sitting in meditation, because I don't meditate 24 hours a day, right? Not just when I'm sitting in meditation, but in the middle of a board meeting, in the middle to listen to what my mind is saying, yes, but more importantly, what my body is saying, what my feelings are saying, because you know, the body doesn't lie. Right? It tells mm -hmm. the, the mind, the mind can be tricky, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> right? It's a little manipulative. So what I learned really is to listen to Drayvon. You know, that, that phrase intuition is so, it's, it used to scare me really, to be honest with that. Because I was like, I don't know, I don't know. But when I really listen, I realized that not knowing, it's not the matter of knowing, it's the matter of trusting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So I learned how to move into a place of trusting more so coming through that whole period because you know what in my model i said i called the big three health wealth and relationship so i said well, you know what's left well, you know what else can you take <laughs> so it really caused me to, you know i didn't have an anchor to lean on you know some people have challenges in their relationship where they you know they throw all their energy into work you know they have challenges in their health they throw all their energy into their relationship that the collapse was there so it left me it left me in a position to really become the observer of me and, and what I was consciously creating in my life from the inside out. And that's what I teach is, you know, to really look within and your out, your external world is really an out picturing of what's going on on the inside. And mm -hmm. I learned to become a master listener and observer and friend of Drayvon. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's great to, um, to feel like you're your own friend instead of your own uh, worst, worst enemy as I, I and I've yeah. been both in my life right. and more, more the, the former now. Um, and w well, something that's come up for me a lot recently is about self-care, which I think is another, yeah. you know, in this same realm of, um, 
just paying attention to your own needs. And actually, this is a great conversation for me to have today because this morning I've been getting a little bit worked up. I've got a lot of stuff going on today. And, uh, and so this is it's great to talk about everyday peace and being yeah. present and taking care of yourself. And um, yeah, I just noticed that when I'm doing little things for myself now, it's almost like, hey, this guy cares about me. And I'm talking about me. <gasps> yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, that, that feels good. And um, another thing is just kind of trusting the, about the trusting of the intuition. I um, usually I'm trying to figure out exactly what to do on a whole host of things at the same time. And now I'm trying to let go of things like, well, I don't really need to know which coffee shop I'm going to go to until I get to the end of the street. So I wonder, I wonder which one I'm going to go, go with. And then I get to the end of the street and I, and then my intuition says, okay, I'll take a left here. Um, oh so my just, gosh. Yeah. And yeah, I, just just, wanna, I just want to make a yeah, comment on you, something that you just said, which is so very important is that you said, you know, when you start to do even the smallest things for yourself, yeah. listening is a listening is a major thing because if you think about it you couldn't have a great relationship with anyone if they didn't listen to you yeah. right communication is key it's like i've been talking for an hour you haven't heard anything right? <laughs> right so that relationship would be on the rocks but that's the kind of relationship we have we have with ourselves sometimes is that our our body our inner body is talking to us and communicating and we just go on like you know i can put you off for another hour i can put you off for another hour and what we find is when we take that time to listen you know, and do small things for self-care. The answers that we're laboring so intensely for, yeah, that our creative juices come alive and the Absolutely. body starts responding and thanking us. So, you know, I always had the answer to that. If you would just listen to or just treat me a little kinder, we'd be able to get to this space a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, a lot, I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are what I call hell yes entrepreneurs. And I would consider you one as well, right? We're, um, you know, speakers and authors and getting our positive messages out there. And yet, even in this realm, I think we can kind of uh, take on that entrepreneur um, yeah. aesthetic of grinding, you know, like I'm going to grind away at this. I'm going to work 24 yeah. seven and, uh, get it done and so forth. And I would just submit that there's a different way. And it's, it's, uh, what we're talking about here today, you know, like uh, take, take care of yourself and, and actually you can get there faster if you do, oh. because you'll, your mind will work better. You know, you're, you'll have better ideas and, uh, realize, yeah, etc. Anyway, you get the idea. And, and the universe will send you when when you start saying that I am lovable, I am worth self love. The universe says, yes, you are, and it starts sending you people. You just look up like, oh my goodness, you get an email inviting you to this, where you meet somebody who tells you about this, and then you're you have a collaborative team together that's all working to push your agenda forward because you're helping them. And you realize that we're all relationship um, designed for relationship and it doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to be so isolating. It doesn't yeah. have to be a grind, right? Mm -hmm. This can be an experience of love. Whatever business that you're in, it can be an experience of love because truly you got into whatever business you're in because you want to provide a valuable service. But yeah. you first have to provide a valuable service to yourself and give and, and start attracting energy like that to you not energy that says you know i'm gonna work till my fingernails are bleeding what <laughs> <laughs> you want torture <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're on the same page about this. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask about, I mean, again, either, either one of these, uh, I tell, you could tell us more about your book, Freedom is Your Birthright, or I am curious about these uh, stepping stones to achieving peace every day. I wrote, I wrote them down uh, here. Uh, which way do you want to they evolve, they evolve, yeah. you know, and, and I know we as a culture love steps. I do too. If you tell me that seven steps to do this, I'm like, I'm on, I'm like, I'm on step three, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but they do evolve. And um, I love talking about the book because the book is, I wrote that book in 2015, around that time period, and really never intended it to be a book that I was going to publish for anybody. It just allowed me to look back at a technique, a way of realigning my beliefs, because it's a lot in one life, you know, to lose your health, to lose your relationship and to lose your job all in the same season and still be able to stand and say, okay, I'm okay. And I was wondering at one point how I was doing it. I was definitely having some difficult days, but I was really, for the most part, amazing myself. I'm like, wow, this is pretty um, interesting. And how are you doing this? And I went back and I realized that I had a fundamental belief that maybe somebody else would benefit from having. And that was, I knew that I was free, free inside that no matter what was happening in my external world. And I include my body, the shell that I'm inside of as part of my external world, that inside the being inside of this machine called a body is free which mm-hmm. means that I could interpret anything any way that I wanted to, not meaning that I was going to close my eyes and not say that it was happening, but say, oh my gosh, this is happening now, and get curious about it and change the energy around it. And I thought, wow, I wonder if this could be helpful to other people. So I was already doing a little bit of speaking about everyday peace, and I start, was talking to an individual that I happened to get another job, and, and I had uh, sent read some of these notes and he was going through a hard time and he said this is a book you had to write a book and so mm-hmm. i said i didn't want to write a big book you know a lot of pages because i figured oh, we as a culture don't have a lot of time and i thought well i'm just gonna write a little pamphlet 20 pages and people will get it from there and then that didn't work out i couldn't condense it enough but i got it to 100 pages or less than 100 pages i thought it's small enough for people to get through it yep. and really get to the end of it because the journey is very very personal of how you, how you attract to inner peace. But there are some universal tools that we can do to accept that we are free, that, that freedom belongs to us. We have the ability to call anything that we want into existence by changing the energy associated with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so don't leave me hanging here. What, tell, tell me a little more. <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So changing this, and it's all energy. It is all energy. And I want to use my own example because I know that somewhere, you know, I used to own drugstores and I know that my days were long and I spent a lot of time in the sacrificial um, space, sacrificing my health, my eating, all this stuff. And what I was drawing into my space, because that was the energy that I was putting out there was more things to sacrifice for, right? Mm-hmm. More, more struggle energy. Mm-hmm. And when you change the energy, even in the midst, especially in the midst of a trial and a tribulation, with smiling and laughter, you really shift the energy around you and you draw more things into your space to smile and laugh about. Very difficult when your whole triangle collapses, right? So you, you start doing little small things with gratitude, 
Uh-huh. And there's this process that I call active gratitude because gratitude is kind of like a catchphrase, right? People are like, oh yeah, be grateful. And it becomes like this cliche kind of thing. And yeah. people say, oh, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. And it really doesn't mean anything because it hasn't touched their feelings. Mm-hmm. And in order to change the energy around you, you have to impact your feelings. It's just like if you go into a room with people in there and you say, oh my goodness, you know, the energy is bad in here. Something just happened. You can tell, right? <laughs> you just walk in like, it's bad energy here. And then you find yeah. out that something really tragic has happened or something of that nature. Well, it's the same thing. And then, and then if you stay in that room and you listen to the stories and then all of a sudden you check your energy and you've come down. Right. Mm-hmm. You've matched the energy of the room yeah. if you're not if you're not careful. Yeah. So this is the same way that it works with us. So we have to be able to on demand, if you will, change our energy so that we can attract the things that we want, the states that we want in our life. And one of the things I use as a tool, we're talking about steps. One of the major things that I use is active gratitude. Mm-hmm active gratitude which means this it's very very simple it makes me happy (laughs) every day every day and i rush out of my office or else i would have it right here with me right now every day when i wake up the first three things that pop in my mind and i don't care what they are sometimes they're pretty outrageous the first three things that pop in my right mind i write down a little index card and one two three and i label them and those are the things that i have my entire preparatory time in the morning as I'm getting ready to leave out to get myself actively excited about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me just tell you how that was easy. If you, if you wake up and you think to yourself, I hit the lottery last night, no work in that one. You're already excited, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're actively engaged in that. And that's this excitement has to move from the sole of my feet to the top of my head. And I get my whole body tingling with excitement. And I start smiling as I start thinking about it. This creates an energy because I'm going to need that energy as I go out throughout my day and I go through various energetic spaces with other people, other things that are going on. But what happens when the first thing that when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that wake up pops in my head is, that, oh, my goodness, I have to I have a to do list that has 100 things on it and I'm already behind. That yeah. happens a lot of times. I, I wake yeah. up stressed like that. I think you were sure. talking about your, your week. So I yeah. wake up stressed like that. But. If that's the first thing, the, the arrangement that I have with myself is that the first three things that pop in my head go on that index card, right? And so the first thing that goes on that index card, if it happens to be that I'm stressed about this to-do list today, I don't know if I can get that all done. I write that down and I mm-hmm. must organically become excited about that. That means that it'll, I challenge myself, and it's so easy now, but I challenge myself to go into that experience in my heart, in my mind, in my whole being, to go into it and find the loveliness there. So mm-hmm. what's lovely about having a to-do, to-do list that's a mile long is that somebody somewhere must trust me. Yeah. Right? yeah. Who's, giving me, who's giving me all this stuff on this to-do list? Right. To do, right? right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then what have I done to be so trustworthy? Oh, my goodness. The universe is supporting me. Right? And I go through all. And before you know it, I, am, I feel so grateful to have that may not get 20 things on a to-do list in a 24-hour period impossible i may not get one third of them done Mm -hmm. but what i've done is changed the energy around that to-do list when i look at that to-do list now i don't have anxiety Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i now have gratitude because these people believe in me and i change it from stress to service 
Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And just to, just so um, uh, listeners can walk away with, uh, you know, the a concrete thing. So I'm just trying to imagine people listening to this. So, you know, you talked about your sort of extreme year in 2015, yeah. you know, I've talked about the stuff we've gone through. Let's say there's somebody out there that's going through some, some major challenges right now and they wake up and they need to be grateful for, I don't know, an auto, autoimmune, um, you know, uh, yeah. diagnosis, et cetera. Right. Um, it, are, are, are you suggesting that as well? Like just finding the way yeah. to be grateful for that, if, right? if that's the whatever first, it is. Yeah. yeah. If that's the first thing, many days I woke up, you know, with, not able to really move my legs and all that kind of stuff. And I'd have to find something to be grateful for. And so that's something in my body. And I, gotta tell you it seems the most bizarre thing so yeah. no i'm not going to be grateful that i can't move my legs but i i have a radio program and i remember that morning i woke up and i said today i'm grateful that i can blink without assistance yeah right yeah yeah and i thought to myself and, and really i was sarcastic when i said it trying to trying to get myself out the bed and move and but i as i started that was the thing that came in my head i said let me get some energy around that and i realized that of all of the things I didn't want to add dry eye disorder to my list. I am super excited that I, you know, and I got myself excited about that. Before you know it, I started feeling better about not great to have an autoimmune disease, not the worst thing either. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, in in that space and I started drawing, yeah, I shifted. And when you shift the energy, no matter what you use to shift the energy, when you shift the, and it's so powerful, it sounds so simplistic, like, oh my gosh, this could never work. When you shift the energy, when you change the way you see the world, the world that you see changes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Different things start showing up. Absolutely. Um, well, so th- thank you for sharing that. And I think, uh, you know, we're getting a lot out of um, the ideas that you're sharing. I wanted to shift a little bit to, to talking about, you know, like, as I said, a, a lot of the people listening to this are hell yes entrepreneurs like us, like that have a message to share, uh, purpose driven, uh, following their passion, that kind of a thing. And um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, your experience. It sounds like you've been a pharmacist for a long time, and then you have been speaking um, maybe around me- medical topics. You, you can tell me the story. And then yeah. you started to see that people were interested in um, some of the things that you're talking about now. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your journey uh, into this realm of um, being an author and a speaker and so forth? Oh, yes, of course. So, you know, I believe that you can use everything, right? So I've been a pharmacist for 30 years and most of my career, I've been a consultant. And so part of that meant that I would go around and um, help organizations, long-term care facilities of the like to stay in compliance with federal regulations and things of that nature. So part of that involved me doing an educational series. And I had been writing about this that I now call Everyday Peace for many, many years and didn't have the courage to share it with anybody, right? <laughs> and so um, one day I just was doing a talk and had, had a conversation with one of the doctors prior to and some struggles that she was going through had nothing to do with the talk that I was doing about drug therapy at that time. But at the end of the talk, I did question and answer. But this particular time, I ended the talk a little bit earlier, and I really felt like this was an opportunity to provide a service. You see, what I did in that moment was I, I didn't make it about me anymore. Talking about everyday peace was always about me, but I knew there was somebody in the audience that needed something other than what I was providing as a pharmacist in that moment. So 
I, I went out on a limb because I was scared. And I said, oh my gosh, this is my job. How can I really start talking about everyday peace? And I started, I did a little thing at the end and she didn't say anything, but it gave me the courage to continue doing that at every one of my talks. And I traveled, so I went to facilities all over the place. And at the last few minutes of my talk, I would save the last few minutes for the everyday peace moment. And I would talk about something related to peace. After doing that for some time, I was invited to be a keynote speaker for one of my facilities that I called on, which was not a big deal. I always did that for drug therapy. But when they called, they said, we didn't call your company. We called you directly because we really don't want you to talk about pharmacy issues and drug therapy and compliance. We want you to talk about that little thing that you do at the end. We think it'll be really good for our staff. Right? Uh -huh. and I'm that like, oh, that whole God. peace thing. What's, yeah, we want to hear more about this. Yeah. So that really... Um, that was the beginning of, of sort of launching me. Up until that point, I'd spoken here at churches, maybe a little bit, and not downplaying it, but I hadn't taken the courage or hadn't taken the focus off of me. That's really what it was, off of me and my fears and thinking that, oh, you know, it's been said 10,000 times by 10,000 people, what makes you so special? Um, but up until that point, I hadn't done that. I hadn't really pushed it forward, uh, ahead. When I got that invitation, I realized that, here I am sitting in this you know, beautiful hall with all these people and they've all come and they requested me to talk about something that I believe in so hard, wholeheartedly. And afterwards, just the feedback that I got gave me the courage to go for further and pursue it as a vocation, as, some, as a service that I was really going to um, provide to society. So that's kind of how I moved it along. I was always doing it. I've been studying these concepts since I was 17. Mm -hmm. and writing about it and speaking here and there, but nothing along the uh, lines of what I started doing after I had that invitation. And, you know, we mentioned that you know, I had so many interests, but that was really my passion in life. First and foremost, people always say, how did you become a, a pharmacist who becomes a uh, motivational speaker? I said, I was a motivational speaker who became a pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> who became a motivational speaker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, so I always like to, I, I don't ask this every, to every guest, but I, it's a, a common question that I'll ask, um, is um, about your, your vision going forward. And, and on the show, I've called this in the past, your cringeworthy vision and not cringeworthy in the sense that there's anything wrong with it, but cringeworthy in the sense that it's so big that it, it makes you cringe to think about sharing it with other people. Do you have a big vision like that? I know we're wanting to stay focused in the now, but um, yes. do you have any big, uh, you know, vision? does anything do. come to mind when I say that? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I do. You know, it's that vision that gives me like butterflies in my stomach because after 30 years of practicing um, pharmacy, I, you know, this is, uh, it's home to me, but I want to transition into motivational speaking across the country and just making that my full-time uh, vocation and just providing that service. And that gives me such big butterflies to know that that's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hell yes to that. And I think you're, you've got, um, you know, such valuable, um, such a valuable topic that you're, that you're talking about. So I'm sure anyone would love to hear from you. Um, is there anything to say about, so you, you, um, you've been an actress or I don't know if you're currently doing that. Uh, yeah. You are. Okay. And, and you have been on the wire, HBO's the wire. Any, anything to say about that, your experience on that show or, 
or other things in the acting realm. I also have well, a bit of an acting background, so I always love to talk about that a little bit. Do you really? Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I, acting, my love for acting, third grade. I auditioned for a play called Ladies First. I'll never forget it. And so I got the bug way back in third grade and postponed it. And here's how the universe uses everything. I had my daughter um, almost 20 years ago. And when I looked at her, I said, how can I tell her to pursue her dreams when I haven't fully pursued mine? And so uh, at that time, I owned drugstores and I went and enrolled in some classes and I said, I'm going to get this thing in full gear and um, went back into acting. And HBO, The Wire has been the biggest thing to date that I've done, but I've done a lot of things. I even have produced independent films. I um, oh open a small film company. But right now I'm doing a stage play called Serenity House, which is a really um, wonderful play. Hopefully it will tour. It's a bringing opiate addiction awareness um, to uh, the masses. And it's just a, a delightful play in conjunction with a company called uh, Johns Hopkins um, Unified mm. Voices and uh, Ursula Battle stage plays. So that's what I'm doing right now. But wow. uh, yeah, so it, acting has been, if my, if my first love, and it is, is um, motivational speaking and just being doing peace work, my second love is definitely acting. Oh, that's great. That's great. And it's funny to, to say this almost as kind of an aside, like, oh, by the way, can you tell me about everything you just mentioned there sounds like a full plate for any one person as far as uh, an acting career goes. And it's kind of just one of the things that you're up to. And I find that to be the, a lot of, uh, the case for a lot of the people on the show. We're multi-potentialites, right? You know, we have many different interests and, uh, um, and we pursue a lot of them. So uh, congrats on doing all of those great things. Thank you. I hear that with creative people a lot too, that there are some things about the way, the way we think, like I think of, you know, people say, oh, you're doing a lot. But to me, it's like, oh, well, that's just like in a normal part of the day. You, yeah. you got things that you're interested in. You want to get your hands into, all, you know, the things that you are passionate about. I right. don't want to learn how to, I don't know, do boating or anything like that. So I'm not doing that. But the things sure. that really interest me, I am, you know, passionate about finding out more of them. And I, you know, luckily I just have three, right? Right, <laughs> Profes right. Professionally. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, um, uh, Dr. James, it's been great having you on the show. I always like to um, give you a chance to, if, if anyone wanted to find out more about what you're doing and connect with you, where would be a good place on the internet for them to go? Well, you could check out my social media, but if you email me at info at drdravonjames.com, I will give you access to a free online course that we're doing right now called the 2020, 2020 Clarity Challenge. It's a seven-day free course. Okay. But I'm on all of the social media outlets that I know about, which are Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and Twitter, <laughs> under, Drave, under Dravon James. All right. All right. And I see uh, you also have a, uh, a website, drdravonjames.com. Yeah. And we will uh, be sure and post links in the, on the, uh, in the show notes for this episode. So, um, so thank you so much for that. And um, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. James, I always like to round things out by saying hell yes on the count of three with my guests. Uh, are you ready and willing to do that? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. One, two, Three, hell yes. yes. Oh, that was a good one. All right. Uh, Dr. James, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. 
You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.